where are all my friends? Hayden, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure, my friend. It's nice to meet you. Dude, likewise. I have a couple different episodes, like feelings that I get when I do an episode. And mm. there's something that I've really come to love about making a new friend on the podcast. Oh, like, for sure. It's, it's in the title. It's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, it is yeah, in the title. title. It's very but fitting. Typically, like when I see a little bit of somebody's artist project or what they're about, like I just get a good feeling. Mm. And I saw that with you and I was like, I'd love to learn more. And just off that little bit that Nate shared with me, I was like, all right, yeah. And then like, as soon as you roll up, like instantly we're nerding out on <laughs> gear, all this shit. And it's like, all right, yeah, like if here I'm we go. Nothing else. I'm a, a wide variety of nerd. I've, yeah. got a, I've, I've got a lot of opinions about a lot of things that don't really need them <laughs> in ways of like microphones to uh, colors, to movies, to types of denim, like an unbelievably large amount of storage in my brain is wasted on useless facts. I feel so similar to that. But it's like, <laughs> isn't it just like being an enthusiast, like caring about just, you get into a oh thing gosh, and you're yeah. like, well, what's the best version yeah, of it? Yeah. And then like 100%. you just keep going. I just, I grew up a serial hobbyist. So I was just like, I wanted to learn something. I wanted to conquer it. And then I wanted to put it away and just store it kind of mm. in, my, in my brain. And demystifying things was always, it's still a huge part of my personality. And I'm, I'm the friend that like, We'll try to relate what you're saying back to another thing that you said a few months ago. And I love connecting dots and thinking about, you know, ways to make a conversation colorful and uh, looping. And, and I don't know why. Yeah. It's just, it's just fun. It's a puzzle. Storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah. That's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, That's it's... it. I'm curious what you thought, uh, what you saw in okay. my stuff that you thought. Uh, Nate sends it my way. And I think that it was like the fact that you kind of had this like background in was it engineering? It was like this mm -hmm. like aerospace kind of yeah. like spacey aerospace. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's, that's some smart people shit. Like that's like <laughs> a lot of people work really hard to get to a career field like that. And that kind of feels like one of those things that's mm. tried and true, but also like living right. the dream. Yes. And it stood out to me where mm. I was like, okay, like you did that, mm. but then you walked away from that for something a lot less traditional. Yeah. And typically when I see that, in an artist, it means that you're genuinely in love with what you're doing mm. or that like there's such a desire for you to create and right. to say something right. that you have to walk away from a more traditional path. For sure. And that sign to me typically says you're doing this for the right reason and I want to hear about that and I want to learn about that. So that was my instant thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I kind of left it there. Okay, so yeah, yeah. right now in the pod, I'm normally like, for a listener who doesn't know, right. tell people who you are and what you do. And maybe that'll kind of bring us into totally the origin story. That's an interesting way to look at it. I'm, I spend so much time analyzing the world around me that the things that are in your life feel ultra mundane by comparison, you know? But when you describe it like that, it, it does sound like I was on a I was on a ship somewhere and halfway through the cruise, I saw an island and jumped off of it. That, it's like, yeah. now I'm here uh, yeah. for better or for worse. <laughs> um, but... I studied aerospace. I think it, it comes back to that serial hobbyist inside of me. And I, I grew up with a single mom. So I was, I, I feel like internally, subconsciously fighting for her attention with my little brother as well. Mm -hmm. And when you have a single parent, only so much attention can go around because they've got to work, they've got to do the jobs. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of my hobbies were just to try to make her smile and get the attention of people around me. So I was picking up card magic. I did a ton of sports. I was a little bit of a showboater, but a shy showboater, which I think mm -hmm. a lot of artists are where <laughs> you're uncomfortable with the spotlight. But if somebody else has it, you're like, that's mine. <laughs> 
that's not that's such a self-aware observation to make it's so it's so true though because no artist wants to like pick up a guitar and do their thing but they're secretly hoping that somebody asks them you know? <laughs> yeah you know, they don't want to be the one to ask but they're like uh, maybe i'm generalizing too much but that's where aerospace came from just because it sounded impressive to me and i didn't have access necessarily to music through high school. I went to a, play, a, a school with no music program. I grew up in an area where I was one of the few white looking kids. I'm part Mexican. My original mm. last name is Lopez. Now Where'd it's you grow Henderson. Up? I grew up in Central Valley of California. So in okay. a small town near Fresno called Chowchilla. Oh. That's kind of where, uh, at least when I was growing up, there was not as much infrastructure as Fresno. So a lot of the gang violence and the drug trafficking and the human trafficking and all those things Dude. would go into those small towns. And so yeah, like those, like those. central-ish small towns in California yeah, like can Stockton get areas. real wild. Yeah, it's like really interesting. Like a lot of crazy crime, a lot of For like... Sure. You know the show, um, my mom and I were talking about this a couple of days ago, Beyond Scared Straight. You remember that show where they bring kids to a prison and try to scare them out of their bad behavior? No, but that's insane. Yeah, okay, so this yeah. is a TV show. This is a popular TV show. I It might have been on like CNET or something where uh -huh. they bring troubled kids like dr phil you bring yeah. a troubled kid to dr phil and he like tries to straighten them out yeah. this one was they bring troubled kids to a prison and then the prisoners like scare them out of their be bad behavior and stuff and so these kids are like they're like 14 they're like drug addicts they are committing domestic violence against their parents their parents don't know what to do and that show was started because of my hometown and my friends were on that show no and so they were all like all my buddies were getting recruited for that when i was a kid because they were all just like yeah, what would be considered town, trouble, trouble delinquent types and my mom was one of the uh officers on the show no way because she is a hostage or she was a hostage negotiator and a detective like a narcotics detective <laughs> and so she was one of the cops on the show this is so long ago and the kids on the show were like people that i knew <laughs> so oh it was a very God. weird combination of things i don't so know how like we got down really but like just like growing up like a very yes. like I guess non-traditional, but like in some senses, like small town friends getting into trouble, sure. but like single parent. Yeah. And so there's but, no access to music. Like that's just not a thing. It's right. You know, if you don't join a gang by the time you're out of high school, I mean, you're, you're doing pretty mundane things. You're working at a local liquor store. You're, I mean, if you make it out of that, that town, that's great. Yeah. I was lucky enough to have a mom that didn't want to stay there and, and understood that there were probably better places for my my little brother and I to grow up. So what era is this? Because when I find this, this pattern, like there's a couple of people I've talked to where they kind of got out of the small town. Right. And a lot of times the internet is a huge piece of that because mm. you realize there's a bigger network, but I'm For curious, sure. like what age are you? And like, what era is this? Like era, what this is, is like, I've got a lot of songs attached to the memories there, despite not, not, nothing really being musical, but it's like fireflies, owl city era. Okay. So this is so. like 2000 and, I don't know when that song specifically came out, but like we're talking, I was 10. I think about that years being like, old, around maybe? like maybe 2008-ish. Yeah, like between yeah. 8 and 10. I, I grew up there. Uh, mm -hmm. We moved out in my like eighth grade roughly. Okay. And then went to high school. Okay. Uh, in Southern California. Oh, okay. So my like developmental years were kind of spent in that area. We moved around a lot, bounced around a lot in that area because my mom's job was hectic. My father was in and out of the house for various reasons. And we bounced around a, a good number of times before we ended up settling in Southern California. Interesting. Yeah. So that's like, that's such a formative time in your life. And then yeah, to come subtly. to Southern California. Another thing that I'm always curious of is like, 
and especially for you, you had these songs that you associate to the time. You clearly were like very into learning hobbies and all these different things. Mm. But typically when I talk to an artist or somebody who's just in love with what they do, yeah. there's a moment pretty early in their age where they like find it and like this. Right, right. Did you have a moment of that? Or like, as you were studying aerospace, like what was like, what were some of the like light bulb aha moments? Where was like, the Damn, fulcrum I'm really, point? Yeah, yeah. 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 I was just such a late bloomer. I was the serial hobbyist going mm-hmm. through a bunch of things. Landed on math and science because my school didn't have any kind of art program. I might have pursued it because I was uh, an attention whore, as I yeah. <laughs> made quite clear. <laughs> and uh, I did math and science because like rocket science was just just sounded so interesting. That's crazy. And you know, it's people sick. say it's not rocket science. And I was like, ooh, what's that? I <laughs> like, oh, what if it was? Yeah, but what if it was that? So I pursued that. Um, got into USC in Los Angeles out of high school, didn't move to LA yet, couldn't afford to move to LA and live here on my own. Right. So I lived in my car for my first year of college. No shit. Um, Where was your family at in Southern California? In between Ventura and Santa Barbara in a small town called Ojai. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is was an incredibly drastic culture shock to go from like Chowchilla where I grew up and then yeah. to Ojai, which is for those who don't know, a very granola little uh, hippie town in Southern California. A lot of wealthier LA types vacation in Ojai. Yes. And it's it's super wholesome and stuff. And and I grew up in public school and then suddenly went to a private Augustinian Catholic school in high school oh, wow. um, in this tiny little granola town. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like it's uh, Damn, very after your friends shifted. are getting into trouble. And then you come to LA and it's like, yes, Southern California. And you could associate the two, but like really... You can be very close to Los Angeles proper right. in a small town yeah. and not come no to Los idea. Angeles. Yeah, that's only, not, Ohio's like an hour 45 north yeah. of LA. But it's far enough that you didn't have resource. So it's Absolutely. like if you're going to college at USC, sure. you're in your car. Like you're not going to drive two hours. Oh yeah. Right? And so I deferred uh, on that. I, I I deferred from USC for my first year, actually. I went to school in Santa Barbara, just to a community college, lived sure. in my car. I got signed to a modeling agency randomly out of high school no while living in this small town. So that was kind of a weird thing for people to see happen. It was weird for me for it to happen to me. And so I was driving to LA during my my senior year quite often to do modeling gigs and castings and all of those things in LA, which was my first introduction to LA. I really hadn't been before that. How did you get found? Um, it must have been my social media or something. Mm. It was like my, my agent at the time just had seen some pictures of me. My mom's friend, or no, I was working as a busser at a restaurant. I haven't thought about this in so long. Yeah. Um, I, I was a busser at a restaurant and the, the lady that owned the restaurant ha- was a, a photographer hobbyist. So she loved shooting things. And she just thought I, I, I'm a tall person. Yeah. Uh, I have blonde hair and blue eyes. And in the restaurant, people would turn their heads whenever I walked in because I'm, I'm like 6'5". She thought that I was just a very striking person. So she's like, I want to take photos of you. I've, I, you know, I do this on the side, blah, blah, blah. So she took some photos of me. I posted on my Instagram just very casually, which was a big deal for like a small town thing to post like professional looking photos yeah. in a world where everyone's posting their like high school Snapchat selfies and stuff. And so I, I, I think I probably got discovered through that. 
Okay. Yeah, my mom sense. blew up one of the photos from that initial show. I was 17, blew it up so big that it's pixelated. Like it looks terrible. And it's on my bedroom at my house, at her house. That is the epitome of like proud the mom. Like you're proud Please mom. don't do this. But then like low key, you're like, yeah. that's so cute. It is also so cute. But I'm also so like, anal retentive that I'm like, it's so pixelated, mom. Let me just reprint it for you. It's so pixelated. Like I can't like, sleep and I think about this how thing on my wall. This? I know. I just can't believe it. Doing that was driving to LA. And in my while I was living in my car, while making those commutes back and forth, started playing guitar just as a hobby. I played a little bit growing up. It was one of those serial hobbyist things where mm-hmm. I, I played a few chords, learned a few Ed Sheeran songs, and then set it down because like, oh, I've milked this for all it's worth. Yeah. Not knowing that there's whole music theory stuff you can get into and all of that. Right. It was um, like, oh, cool. I can play these songs that I like. Sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I can play a team, make my family members smile. Yeah. Like, what else is there to life? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but actually. But actually. Like that's yes. like the. That's when you're like, 12, that's all you want. You know, like that bell curve though of like, <laughs> like super, like, you know, nothing. Yeah. And then like, you know, everything. Or, and then like, you know, nothing. And then you know, nothing. And yes. it's like, you're the same. That's, yes. I can make my family smile. I can play this <laughs> song. You're like, wait a minute. That's all I needed. Yeah. And honestly, that was like aerospace too. It was like, I can do this and it can sound impressive at Thanksgiving. And initially can people would be like, oh, wow, you're really smart. I mean, for those kind of fields, it's just a memorization game. Like people tend to associate good memory with intelligence. It's like, that's not really how it works. If you do flashcards and stuff, you're probably going to remember the quadratic formula. It's yeah. just how it works. And I was, it was easier for me to remember math and science stuff than English or literature and stuff, which is funny that. that I write songs now. Um, <laughs> But I started playing guitar just as a hobby. And I think at the time I wasn't aware of it, but looking back on it, I think playing guitar was the first thing that I had done for myself Damn. in my life. A lot of the hobbies I picked up and stuff <clears throat> were things that I did because I in some way felt maybe I had to mm-hmm. pick up hobbies because it was interesting. I wanted people to watch me, blah, blah, blah. But when I was just living in my car by myself, I wasn't playing guitar for anybody. There was, I just listened to people play records and I just thought it was really interesting. And I just saw a new vertical for me to tap into, mm-hmm. but it wasn't motivated by potential of perception in mm-hmm. a way. And so when I picked it up and played every ounce of energy I put into it actually came back to me because it wasn't going to other people in the way that card magic was i wasn't being performative it was just me locked in the back of my truck doing it right um wow and so i latched onto it really heavily for very self-aware again like for you to like analyze that and be like oh that's maybe what was different about that yeah i think so Um, it's a shot in the dark and that's something a, a, a through thread for my personalities as we were talking about earlier I love to connect dots and yes. love to to figure things out and love to feel self-aware, even though I'm, I might not be. I honestly think self-awareness can be an illusion sometimes because totally. I think about things so much that I'm like, oh, I've thought about it all. Yeah, like yeah. It. I like, know. It's like, again, it's like that curse is like, it's yes. almost if you could just turn your mind off and just be good. Yeah, but, yeah, 100%. But okay, sick. So you're playing guitar for yourself and you're kind playing of like unlocking myself. more of that. Yeah, yeah. And and it was a version of myself that felt different than the others. Um, I was, uh, I, I definitely grew up in a simulator because we moved around a lot. So first impressions became pretty easy and more of a game of chess than actual connection. And I just wanted to win people over. I wanted people to like me as a kid. Yeah. And so I was, I would have friends, but never really connected with them personally. I was yeah. kind of, I think the friend that would get left out of things, but I was always close with everybody. Yes. And so was was good at a lot of things but not really great at anything yes um, for that reason yeah i think a lot of people could relate to that actually yeah you're lucky if you find people in high school that you talk to for the rest of your life i'm not super close with my high school friends yeah Um, i'm not 
close with any of my college friends. I'm uh, for the first time at 22 have found people that I feel like are accepting of a version of me that I think is myself as opposed to what I, you know, want them to be. I was often, you know, asking people questions about themselves to avoid answering questions about myself. And I wanted to learn about them. And at the end of the interaction, they loved me and they were like, wow, I've never been asked so many questions about myself. They don't really think like, oh, I don't think I know anything about him because he was just so invested in me. Wow. So I was just constantly. awareness. You're yeah. 22 now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Damn. Yeah. That's, I didn't realize, like I say this and I don't mean in the demeaning way. Like I didn't no, no, realize no. you're so young. Yeah. Like, that's oh, yeah, so yeah. much self-awareness. It's so much of a journey that you've had. Mm. I was just like with everything that we've talked about already. I'm like, yeah. you must have like had some years. I didn't put that together. It's like impressive. That's amazing. In anything I do, I feel like I'm late. So I'm constantly feel as though I'm catching up. I'm a student Funny. in every room. So I'm just thinking about everything 10 times over. I, I played guitar a lot longer. And I wasn't just like the hobbyist playing for an hour a day and been like, okay, I did my skills. I'm good to go. It's like, no, I was playing for six and a half hours a day, skipping class to do it. I was playing so intensely that I redeveloped. I had uh, some medical issues with my hands growing up and I had to get surgery on them. And that condition came back up and I couldn't open my hands in the morning. So I'd have to like soak my hands in ice and pry them open every morning. I thought I was paralyzed. So I started writing songs for that reason, just because I was like, my my doctor's like, you have to stop playing guitar. Otherwise you just aren't going to be able to use your hands. Wow. So then you started learning like using a doll and like, inter- like, like writing. Not even that quite. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Just writing songs, honestly, oh, just focusing it. on writing. just pure yeah. songwriting yeah. still with a, with a guitar. I just couldn't play to the intensity that I was playing. And, sure. and now like I, I just did a, a, my first tour in November of last year and playing shows every night and stuff. Like I feel my hands tighten up at night and you, you know, it's like when you go to the gym and you feel one of your muscles starting to cramp and you're like, yep. oh no, no, no. And you have to yeah. like sort of have to calm it down. Yeah. It's the same with my hands. If I play a little too much, I feel things start tightening. Whoa. Um, I was able to write, but I just couldn't be the exercising guitar player that I sure. wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. Just writing sort of out of a necessity to keep myself busy because I had just found this thing. I was like, wow, yeah. I found a new side of myself in guitar playing. Well, wait, but th- did you graduate school? Or, or yeah, so I graduated no not with aerospace. I, Got it. I did my first three years in aerospace, no transferred shit. out, was like really headed down that straight and narrow, was touring SpaceX and looking to do an internship there and, yeah. and was kind of reaching what I felt would be the pinnacle of that version of my life and still didn't feel super happy with it, wasn't very fulfilled in it. Interesting. Um, and once again, I think just to the very likely um, possibility that it, I was never doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I could achieve as much as I wanted to in that field and it never felt fulfilling because it, I didn't start that journey out of a passion or a, or a love. And I didn't know that honestly that existed. I, I think a lot of people go through life not knowing that they have the ability to do what they love doing. You just like, you assimilate like very much, you know, spend the majority of my life doing that. Yeah. And I just got lucky enough to stumble upon a thing that I feel is mine and purely mine. Like nobody else has touched it. Nobody else has contributed to it up until very recently. And I just, I, I, I cracked wide open this version of myself and this like drive that I'd never really felt before. That's so sick. Yeah, that, it was very that weird. Feeling. Like that's what I'm obsessed with. That's no, what totally. I want to talk about because it's like, you, you're, I mean, you're talking about this. You're, yeah. you're touring SpaceX, right? You right. come from these small towns. Like 
in a lot of ways right. on paper that's fucking making it dog like no, totally that's good that's a stable career that's oh, not going sure. anywhere yeah. like that's like you go to a I, university i went to usc purely because i just wanted to go to the most impressive school that i can get into i was the only kid in my my senior class that got into usc i think like there were 75 people in my tiny private school it's a preparatory school, so it was competitive academically. 30 people applied. I was the only one that got in. So right. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Like, yeah. I'm so impressive. I'm so cool. This is it. Right. And like that and could there. then translate to like right. getting the job at SpaceX. You climb that ladder. For sure. You're making great money at, you know, the whatever party. It's like, oh, I work at SpaceX. I do yeah. aerospace. People yeah. are like, oh shit. Like totally. for like the societal standard, you did it. No, totally. So that's totally. very wild that right. at a pretty young age, you go through the motion, you graduate, mm. you do full send, you commit yeah yet here you are taking a much riskier path for sure crazy for sure yeah and i like to look at the self-deprecating part of pretty much everything so i look at that as like wow i wasted a lot of money on student loans i'm still paying i'm going to be paying off student loans till i'm 50 uh, and i went through it, it didn't come at no cost essentially i think i wish that i was the kid that was writing songs since they were seven and went to grammy camp and just always knew that they had this thing yes because i had to really open up and look behind every single door in yes. order to find one that felt like warm and cozy and homey Dude, to me i relate to that yeah. and it's like it's not any chapter of my life i don't look back with regret i embrace all of it it was right. all fun right but it's like i'm not that kid that knew from day one that like i'm the most inspired to sit down and learn stories on a podcast yeah, fuck yeah. i didn't know what a podcast was right yeah, totally. there was so many journeys there's so many elements even like going from a world of music and now i work more in like a creative agency mm -hmm. around automotive like wow all these things yeah. like i i too it's like it took a right. lot of discovery yeah and it's really easy when you're in that to like idolize and be jealous of the people that just knew from age seven and be like where's my thing right so like yeah. finding that thing is really and not there comes always the easy. feeling of needing to catch up yes you know because wow. you're like everybody's been doing this for so I, and I, I transferred out of aerospace into music uh music business i couldn't commit to like a performative degree just because my brain was still needed some structure-based major in order to justify the leap but i was being surrounded by people who have done this their whole lives their dad is like jay-z's lawyer or something mm. it's like i was born to do this baby it's in my blood and i was like mm -hmm. no way man that's crazy you know what's <laughs> no in my way. blood is probably would have been staying in Chowchilla and just hanging out and I don't know becoming a cosmetologist or something no shade to cosmetologists yeah <laughs> this kind of thing was in the cards by by necessarily blood but the drive to find something was you know yeah. and it's just whether or not you listen to it yeah so then you finish studying yeah. music business yeah so I transferred out of aerospace mm -hmm. did the whole music industry program in like a year and a half like really sped through yeah. it packed all of the units that I could in COVID hit. So I was doing a lot of it during COVID, which opened up, you know, a large opportunity to, uh, I've got a new life path that I think I'm sure about. It's really interesting. I'm really fascinated by it. I walked into my first songwriting class because you get to take some electives. This is right after I had to stop playing guitar as intensely as I was. I felt like I found something and then lost it. So I was just like, once again, just searching for another thing. I walk into a songwriting class and the professor is sitting on a stool, legs crossed like this, uh, a fist on his chin and just stares at the students for like four or five minutes straight in the beginning of class. Everybody sat down. There's He's not waiting for anybody. So when he like goes to talk or they go to mention somebody to their friend and he goes, ah, don't say anything. Just goes sitting there. I just felt like I was watching Andy Kaufman do like a weird interpretive skit or something. And he just stares at all of us and 
he was being such a weirdo that I literally shed a tear. Like I literally welled up and shed a tear in that class because like this is the kind of weirdo that I need to be around for the rest of my life. This is like the type wow. of people that probably grew up feeling like me, like they had to be a thing. And now they're sitting in this class to the outside world, potentially wasting their time, but they found something that's like these people broke out of the matrix and nobody knows it. And for me, and I felt so related to that, honestly, it like makes me emotional just thinking about it, sitting there for the first time. Um, and you think that like, like, because that moment, like I can tell is so important, like yeah. that feeling that you had, the fact that he would take the time and sit in that discomfort, like yeah. that was that, like, 100%. Like, what was that? Like, what were other people doing? Like, what was his point to that? Like, did he explain that? <laughs> the funny thing is he didn't explain it at all. And I met with him after class, the professor at this point, I had already written a few songs. I just learned song, like learning songwriting just by listening to like my heroes and doing it and stuff. So I showed up with a handful of songs that I, I was like, oh, these are kind of good. Blah, blah, blah. Sat with him after class. He's a nicotine addict ripping his jewel the whole time. It's like a 50 year old, like poem writing, songwriting guru or something. I asked him why he opened the class like that. And I like told him how much it meant to me. He was like, dude, I was just hung over. Like I didn't, I just didn't want to hear anybody talk. And that was his no answer to that. And I was way. like, it just like hammered down even further how much I enjoyed that class. For yeah. Some reason. I was like, like there's no reason, but I, because it was such a blank canvas, I put my reason onto it. Wow. Like it's the own it song. It, it just gave it space. Like it, it gave just, it space. Yeah. And it's like the same with songwriting. If I'm writing about my own experiences and people relate to it, it's not because I was actually writing about their experience necessarily. I was attempting to connect with myself. And I feel like connecting with yourself gives people around you an excuse to connect with themselves. You know, and and, and very much so. It was just like he's like, I was just hung over. I wore glass sunglasses the whole time because I literally like couldn't look like the LED lights were killing me. I didn't want to hear you annoying ass kids talk about stupid shit. I just needed That's like a amazing. few minutes. I don't know. I was like, Ugh. but it gives you this permission to like be that weird version of yourself. hundred like, percent. Yes. Yeah. The guy yes. was so unapologetic. He was in his fifties and wearing distressed skinny jeans. Like, I yeah, love dude, it. Do your thing. I love sure. it. Yeah. It was so uh, interesting. It starts to click there where you're like, oh shit. Yeah. I had enough of a curiosity to bring me to writing songs and wanting to sign up for a songwriting class. And that curiosity was intense. I don't <clears throat> typically do anything in my life without a super intense conviction. Yeah. So even my version of curiosity was like I was writing songs constantly and I was playing guitar constantly, but it was just me exploring just like all the other avenues that I had done. And being in that class, seeing other people do this thing, I think taught me a lot about what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do in a way that provided focus to the energy that I had. Yeah. Like I came in with a lot of energy. I was just ready to write songs. I was like, I'm going to take over the world, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have a focus for that, it's just dispersed and you're wasting a lot of it. Seeing all these kids that have done it for their whole lives and seeing a hungover professor stare at us and all these things for some reason provided this funnel yeah. for things to go. All of, all of my my curiosity and energy, it yes. kind of turned it into intention. And I was like, oh, wow. this is cool. That's like what you just said there is like a really beautiful thing to recognize and realize mm -hmm. is like you can have all of this curiosity but if it's dispersed in the wrong ways is that like what's the point it's like going anywhere right. you need to have that funnel for sure and that's yeah. i mean my whole life that that hobbyism and the aerospace and the card magic and the modeling and all of those things was just pure energy unfocused mm. just completely i was just it was a 
like a shotgun shell of just like as much as I can put into the world. And aerospace was too slow for me. I, I felt like I was going to have to put in five or six or seven years of work in order to give anything back to the space or in order to provide any value. I think as a person, if I'm not providing value or being productive, I, f- I feel worthless. I yeah. feel invaluable or not yeah. valuable. Yeah. And music was something like where I could pick up a guitar for the first time and I could do something with it. And I was yes. like, I can contribute immediately. I think that's what I meant earlier by being like any energy I put into it, I got right back out because I was contributing to the world and that feeling, whether or not anybody was hearing it, Mm -hmm. made me feel valuable. And so it was just, it created this wonderful feedback loop of time and space didn't exist Mm -hmm. and care about what people thought about it necessarily. It was just, it was mine and only mine. I respect that too, because like there's the negative side of that, of like all, like what social media can do to you of like dopamine and all that. And like, you're always looking for that instant satisfaction. It's like, that's not that good. But I completely relate to that. Like that was how I felt working at record labels. Mm. It was like, my intention is good and you can make a difference. Totally. But the amount of red tape, the amount of like Politics. Just politics and yeah. opinions and things that don't matter and process that's antiquated. By the time you put an album out that means something, it's like you could have done 10 other things that yeah. were more meaningful. A hundred percent. So I feel you. I, I love doing you. coffees with business types and not asking them anything about their business. Yeah. Because when was the last time they went to a coffee and someone didn't ask them about like their A&R experience at Columbia or blah, blah, blah. Right, it's like, when yeah. did, it's like when was the last time you as a person? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I want to know what the first song you wrote was like or who was on your wall on the poster or whatever when you were a kid because you yes. didn't just do this because you loved the politics of it. Like nobody right, loves that. Right. That's the shit that everyone hates. Like, That's, they probably didn't want to even be at this coffee with me, but by the end of it, I'm going to find out something about them that makes them feel like it was worth it. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, it... It's inspiring to to me to feel like everybody started in this industry or hopefully, you know, in a perfect world, every industry with some sense of passion, whether or not it got lost along the way doesn't matter, but it's very human and grounding to know that everybody started it for the same reason. Yeah. You know, where they got it doesn't matter, but it's like, that gives me a little bit of hope in the music industry is that everybody was either a fan or a musician. And typically you're a musician because you're a fan first. So everyone Mm -hmm. was a fan at some point. And even if you're a dick now, you started out as a fan and I'm going to find that version of you and I'm going to give him a hug because he fucking needs it probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh man, that that like inspire. Oh man, that, that gets me good. I like that a lot. <laughs> that's that's really good. And here's here's like a whole other uh, side of life as a creative and as a songwriter. And I'm, I'm very curious what your life looked like like this because it sounds like you were pretty much having to figure out how to support yourself if you're out here living in a car. Mm-hmm. I always had a good, uh, to my, my mom has been my rock my whole life. Mm-hmm. And to her credit, she's always been my safety net and has always provided. So me living in my car and stuff was just as much about my stubbornness and me wanting to be able to support myself. I'm like, mm-hmm. you've worked so many jobs, so many hours. Yeah. Be happy. Let me do this on my own. It was me like really searching for a sense of independence. Amazing. Um, and and trying very much so subconsciously, but looking back, I feel as though I was just looking for a life that was mine and only mine. I see. So I could never, never claim to have been like super, super, you know. No, that's own. cool. And I, I think that's very admirable that you like explain that, admit that, and like kind yeah, of know that. Sure. So when you were choosing this path of like, cool, I'm going to go do the songwriter thing. I'm going to be an artist. Like as this is all coming together, did you have any struggles of like 
how am I going to support myself in Los Angeles? Sure. Like this is a much less traditional path. Did you, had you found some side hustles or some moments of like some aha moments of like, I know I talked to a lot of independent artists and they talk about that first distro kid check where you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, did you have any so things true. like that where you're like, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I was living off of student loans for Got like it. my whole time in college basically, which is why I'm so regretful yeah, of the amount of student loans that I have now. I was still doing some modeling at the f first uh, two years of college. So, okay, so there's was a very, check. There's yeah, there's a check. It's very fickle. It's like you don't get any work for two months and then you'll do like a two-day shoot and get 11 grand. Yeah, like, okay. so the stability or the, the consistency, absolutely not there. Absolutely gone. If you're smart yeah. and frugal, you can probably like feed Stretch yourself and pay bills. Yeah. You didn't have an expensive life to support. You were doing something that meant a lot to you. Yeah. So like give you the bare minimum, give you gas in your car. And, and when you're a student, you're like, there's an excuse. Yep. I'm a student. Yeah. I don't need to have it figured out. You know, I'm right. in college. What the heck? Like, right. Most people do college and I was lucky to be in college and to be at a college that had a decently strong culture to it. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to parties. I didn't like do the whole college student thing, mm. but I used that time that would have gone towards that to do other things. Mm -hmm. Typically when you're in college, your only job is to be a student for the people that are privileged enough to have that be the thing especially if you go to school in the middle of nowhere mm. it's a college town you work your wait you know waiter waitress job mm. you go to parties on the weekends you see your friends mm. that's it mm -hmm. you know you go to class and that's it in LA there's a little bit less of that small college town culture because it's Los Angeles so there's a lot more going on outside of it and so all of that time that I would have spent being in a f like fraternity or going to parties or whatever else I just stayed at home I mean, in my last semester, I skipped consistently three months of class because it was wow. coming out of the pandemic. So yeah. my motivation was through the floor. Yeah. Also, I had started going viral on TikTok. So oh, like interesting. law classes and stuff didn't, they weren't quick enough to catch up to the amount of knowledge that I needed in my day to day. It's like, I need to sign a distro deal now. And we're not getting to that lesson in law class until two semesters from now. So I'm just gonna have to look this up on YouTube and figure it out myself and no find, you know, source my team and stuff. So I was just learning. It was I was learning nothing, and then learned everything in like wow. two months, and just had to. The curriculum was just not able to support it. Okay, I'm interested now. Yeah. So you have a moment. Is TikTok the first place where you start to gain traction? Yeah, TikTok's okay. the first place. I had posted on there for probably like nine months, consistently, one video a day, every single day. No shit. Um, and didn't do anything. Like they no all flopped. Shit. Just like. 500 views uh question are you posting a video as an artist like hey i'm hayden i'm an artist i'm a songwriter yes. or like what are the videos like what is they're your all online... just my songs got it and it's just me with an acoustic guitar sitting in the same chair playing them and that's it got there's it. no there's not even marketing involved it's just right. like song and lyrics and that's it there's got no it. nobody knows who i am i don't give a shit to introduce myself because i didn't know that that was a thing and this went for how long with no traction Probably like nine, nine months. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And you stayed consistent. Nine stayed months consistent. of discipline of like, it's lots yeah. of discipline. Yes. I'm so stubborn. I'm a very stubborn person. I'm so stubborn that like, if I feel myself wanting coffee in the morning, I mm -hmm. won't drink coffee because I'm like, I'm not dependent on coffee. Yep. Yep. And it's the same with mm -hmm. just any type of, uh, any type of thing that takes a certain amount of mental fortitude. I'm like, I need to prove to myself that I can do it. That's how I am with the podcast. Like, there you go. It's like, you talk about like, it's like, I mean, what I'm three, four years in now. Yeah. And objectively, if you, you were to look at the numbers, you'd be like, dude, quit. It's not worth your time. Dude, and I'm like, I will not. About that. Yeah, I, I will, will not. I will and like, not it's it. also, I'm, I'm so, I mean, in love with the process. Yeah, absolutely. But also like, I'm just like, nope, don't dude, care. There's a certain amount of it that people don't realize. Like, 
it's not only passion that drives these things. I think it's the stubborn. It's the stubborn, like bullheaded side of yeah. artists. That's why I'm never surprised when bad things come out about an artist. I'm like, if they got to this point, they've got something wrong with them and they need <laughs> therapy. And yes, it's their responsibility to figure it out. But the seed of like, you know, tra- maybe it's childhood trauma. Mm. Maybe it's a lack of sense of self. Yeah. Maybe it's, uh, it could just be a handful of things. And yeah. one of the biggest throughout all of it is stubbornness because once you get enough people taking slices of the pie, if your initial vision has to be so potent that after everyone takes things, it's still there. Yes. You know, right. you have to that takes a drive, like a yeah. crazy amount of stubbornness and drive and it's not good for your mental health. It's probably not good for your relationships. Yeah. But it's good for this one thing that takes a hell of a lot of um, determination to do. You yeah. Know? Like From it, podcast to being a painter, to being a songwriter, to being a TikToker and influencer. It's kind of all in the same threshold. It's almost like you have to have like 170% drive because yes. somehow the world is going to take 70% from yes. you of what you love. Right. And there still needs to be that 100, 100%. after that. Yeah, yeah, dude. Sometimes it'll take it'll take 120 of it. And you got to figure out where the other 80 is going to yeah, come you're from. Like, you're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's, intense Uh, so you're on tiktok and you're like i'm just like i don't give a fuck like let it ride yeah and then is there a moment where something changes yeah i think i was in a long-term relationship at the time we Mm -hmm. lived together in Mm -hmm. a bedroom wow she's not from the united states wow so she's from toronto Mm -hmm. doesn't have u.s citizenships living in my bedroom with me essentially Mm -hmm. she's behind me in every single video sitting on my bed and i'm making my tiktoks it's like a thing and every video that you saw of me in my first bedroom she was sitting behind me behind my chair you have no idea your only personal space it's like all right do your thing and i have no and i just yeah i just didn't have personal space and i didn't and that was not a uh, an environment that was very conducive for my mental health or Mm. my creativity or really anything but that's a whole other thing yeah but i was um doing it consistently my mindset shift i don't know what caused it but i only know what the result was and it was that people aren't going to watch me unless i find a reason for them to you just have to earn their attention i went viral 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 for the first time december of 2020 and i had started tiktok at the like beginning of the pandemic marchish and what uh what went viral it was sean mendez and camila cabello just broken up i'm mm. not a pop culture person necessarily i love learning things and fun sure. facts but i'm not necessarily like in you know up on tabloid stuff but they had just broken up i'd seen a few videos about it on my for you page tiktok is just a reflection of culture and i had just written a song that felt like something sean mendez probably would write and the mm. song was about denying the fear that the person you are with is actually being unfaithful and cheating on you. Mm. And then I put it on TikTok. Um, the first couple of videos I like had said his name. I was like, I wrote Sean Mendes's next song, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And they did way better than all my other stuff. This was like from 500 views to 18,000 views. Oh, okay. So and you're like, so, oh shit. To me, that's a huge deal. It's insane. Yeah. That's like percentage wise, like that is a huge return on Massive investment. Massive come up. Yeah. So I was like, there's something to this. I'm going to try it again. I, I did a talking prompt. It's my first time talking really on the internet. And I talked while I was playing the initial guitar riff to the song. And I said, imagine if Camila cheated on Sean. I only used their first names because I was like, maybe culture is able to fill in the gaps for me. What kind of song would he write? I think it'd probably sound like, didn't even finish the sentence, immediately went into the song, the second verse of the song, which was pretty much the only part of the song that I had written. It just kind of consistently was getting more and more traction over about a two-week period, which is, for those who don't know, that's a very long time for a video to go viral, mm-hmm. like consistently growing. Yeah, So sure. it grew at a pretty slow rate 
Now you can get 2 million views in like 24 hours. It can happen so quickly. But at the time, TikTok was kind of young Mm -hmm. and the type of content that was working was much different than the content that works now. It was just growing exponentially. And I don't know what the video ended up hitting on TikTok, but it was around 2 million views or something. And that was a huge fucking deal for me. In the pandemic, met my now long-term collaborator, Mm -hmm. one of my closest friends, slept on his floor. We took the songs that I was writing and was producing them out together. So he was learning how to produce. I was sort of learning how to produce as well as write songs. Mm -hmm. And also when a song goes viral, this is me being so nerdy, but when a song goes viral for an acoustic version, when you go to produce it and change it, there's a lot of pressure on that because you don't want to ruin the initial thing that people were in love with, you know? 100%. And so it was nuts. It hit a million streams after like a month or something, which was insane for me. And yeah, that was the, the first time that this thing that I had chosen for myself was getting affirmed by other people. And so it kind of created this weird concoction where the reason I got into this thing was because it was for me. And now it's also for other people. And so that part of me, that inner child that just wanted to make other people happy by assimilating and by changing myself was being combined with this very pure and innocent thing that was music. Yeah. And for the next year, all of last year, I just like continuously, I think, lost that initial purity. Fuck. And have now been, honestly, tour is what brought it back to me. Whoa, cool. It was like, I, I, I have found that purity once again, I believe. But it was that that weird chemical reaction of combining perception plus purity that eventually the perception just ate it and i became more of like a slave to creating content and i wasn't even making it because i liked it anymore it was just about beating the video game high score that is view counts and stuff are you now figuring out tiktok at the same time as this are you staying uploading like yes okay yeah yeah i'm definitely still uploading and are they doing better and better does that yeah, initial so whenever you get a big moment on TikTok, yeah. there's a ripple effect. Any video you post around that initial video that did that for you, it's going to get a significantly higher view count, yeah. especially if it's relating to the thing that sure. blew up in that initial video. So anything sure. about that song was going to go vi- was going viral at the time. Yeah. And that is both really freaking cool for the new person, but it's also become scary because that becomes your niche on the platform, the yes. song. Yes. And so in the past, whenever an artist would have a, a hit, Mm-hmm. it was their job to then try to beat that hit. Otherwise, it was going to become their prison. This mm-hmm. thing that you created becomes your worst enemy yeah. in a way. And labels are signing all that up as well. And they're so signing it's like it. it, it, it this the is buck. the new modern one-hit wonder. Yeah, so this yeah. is the new modern. You you put out, uh, like AWOL Nation put out sale. And like now they're probably going to be known for sale for a long, 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 long time. Like, yep. That's the first song that comes to mind. Yep. AWOL Nation, who's that? sale boom da, 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 da. and they're like oh okay right you know that's that that is both incredibly exciting but also really scary yes um and so tiktok is a little small distilled version of that yes experiment and yeah. that every moment you have can become your prison if you're not smart and weave Holy your way out of it. Fuck. Yeah, it's very weird. It's but very it's also fun giving puzzle. you a career at the same time. I like to joke that TikTok gives you a life just so it can take it away. Holy and fuck. It's very much so that. But at the time, I didn't know this. The only thing I knew about the platform was I was analyzing the ratios of things, mm-hmm. just like my little math science brain loved looking at, okay, so the ratio between views and likes and then comments and views and all of this stuff would dictate whether or not a video was going to continue growing or if mm-hmm. it was going to stall out. Mm-hmm. And I realized at the point that uh, TikTok has like a wave um, algorithm of sorts where like if you achieve a certain benchmark in terms mm-hmm. of 
view to like ratio, you're going to get sent to a bunch more people Mm -hmm. and then you slow down. And then if you hit the next one, you get pushed to a bunch more people. And so it's this Mm -hmm. wave ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was learning that, but I was not learning about how to break out of the niche that was that song. Mm Because I don't think you realize that that's a problem until it becomes one. Sure. And so I only was posting content about the song. I didn't care too much about attaching myself to the song. Mm-hmm. That's another new problem in the music industry is you can have a really big song mm-hmm. and a label can sign it and you can get signed to a label. But if that song blows up too big and you forget to attach yourself to it through personality videos and making sure that people are attaching you to the moment, mm. the moment will leave you behind and you'll have a song that's bigger than you are and you will have a moment on TikTok bigger than you are and you'll be known for a thing as opposed to being known as a person. Wow. And so that can be difficult. Is that song out? The song that... Yes. It's called Can't Hurt Me. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Can't Hurt Me was a a small version of that where the song was a little bit bigger than me Mm -hmm. and the Shawn Mendes persona felt a little bit bigger than me. Sure. They're like, oh, he's the new Shawn Mendes guy. And it was like, no, it wasn't me. Right. You're just like, I did this thing. Uh." I just did this thing. I used it as a marketing way to get people to watch me. And it worked and mm-hmm. uh, and that's incredibly cool, but it was a little bit more of a social experiment than it was yes. like an authentic yes. version of myself. And that's the problem is when, when you're chasing views as opposed to chasing the feeling, yeah. you are willing to become anybody for it. You mm-hmm. don't care about being authentic anymore because you just care about going viral again. So here's a question. I hope I'm not jumping the gun, but no, like, for somebody who's listening to this and they're like, fuck, like, thank you for that lesson. Like, I don't <laughs> want to become that. Do you still in retrospect, looking back at it, mm-hmm. do you still think that that was a smart thing to do to be an undiscovered artist, to attach to a name that people know, to get you the first wave of notoriety, to then define yourself? Yeah. Or do you think it's a better path to be super stubborn, stubborn about right. who you are and just invent yourself so there's no other association? The reason why I did it mm. was because I had spent nine months trying the other thing and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And I think if I think you should give that the opportunity because if that does work, mm-hmm. the payoff is significantly higher. If you get known for being you, yeah. you're golden. It Incredible. is the golden ticket that everyone looks for is just being authentic and being accepted for your authenticity. Wow. Very few people are able to do it in a way that feels organic and not forced. Yeah. I tried that. And I think it didn't work for me because I didn't know who I was at the time. Yeah. I was just like posting on the internet. I didn't care to inform people on me. Uh-huh. And the songs that I was writing were kind of just pop music. Mm-hmm. And it was me following a template. I love songwriting. It was generic. It was generic. Yeah. So I was just a blank white canvas asking people to like look at my art. I'm like what art? Dude, there's nothing here. Right. Because of that. I opted to attach myself to a bigger name and a bigger brand, mm. which is what like a lot of small companies do. A lot of small companies mm-hmm. compare themselves to larger companies because a new phone company, if they compare them, themselves to Apple, that you buzzword, already have an association. I'm already, a, yeah, yeah, the association and the brand loyalty that has been built by one company, you can kind of leech off of. Yep. And so I did that, I think, out of necessity. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think give the first one a shot. Mm-hmm. Be as authentic as you can be because if that works, the payoff is much greater. Remarkable. And you don't have to work yourself out of the puzzle that you've got yourself into. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't work, if all else fails, I mean, you'll figure out you'll figure it out eventually. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it can be quicker than I figured it out. Mm. Maybe it'll be longer. There's not really like a general timeline for these things, but I think what you did is right. That's I think good. I think that 
it, you can get lost in the forgotten abyss of having so much creative integrity that you don't try the thing that gets right. you noticed. Right. And it's like, this has now given you a platform. You so maybe you had to fumble. Yeah, yeah. But it gave you this platform. However, my next question yeah. is that moment was what, like late 2020, beginning of 2021? Yeah, December of 2020 was the moment. Yeah. So then, okay, give you a little time. The song comes out. You're into 2021. But I'm sitting down with you in yeah. early 2023. Yes. So you've had a year, almost two, year, two years. Yeah since then yeah. to continue to develop yourself as an artist and now you've gone on tour so you've like experienced however much time of tiktok sellout moments right, of right. P- potentially that no no totally that growing yourself growing your platforms getting mm. discovered but then you've also had enough time to realize that maybe that's not fully what it is Absolutely. and you go on tour so I'm really curious of like what that journey was because I think like this is a really special time to talk to you after you've experienced For sure. both yeah, I love talking about this. I came back from tour like a sixth grader from Jesus camp. I was like, I'm never sinning again. Like, <laughs> the world is evil place and I and I am faithful, devout Christian now. Yeah. And I came back from tour with that energy. I was like, everything that I've been working towards for the last year is not what I thought it was. And all of my friends in LA don't get it yet because they haven't done this yet. Amazing. Um. So I'm sure I was pissing a few of my friends off when I yeah, came back. Yeah, you come back with like, this whole new come to Jesus life. Yeah. And I was like, dude, we get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good number of my friends have been on tour and then a good number have not. Mm-hmm. Being on tour is different than just like playing a show in LA because the, one, the LA market, they don't really care about you most right. of the time. It's never it's really fans, it's industry. Yeah. And industry is only there to judge you. And yeah. if it's your artist friends, they're there to either support you or think that they can do better. Yeah. And so notoriously on tour... LA sucks to play because people think they're too cool to involve themselves in the experience that is a show. LA is too cool. Even if it's it's fans, dude, like coastal cities, New York and LA, they think they're too cool to have feelings. Yeah. To get lost in it and to just like get lost. Yeah. And the only thing, and what I learned on tour is that the only thing that dictates a good live performance is that the person on stage connected with themselves so shamelessly, like I was talking about earlier, so shamelessly that everyone in the audience feels permission to do the same with themselves. That's so sick. It's always the teenage girls that are snotting on themselves and crying at the Beatles concerts and stuff. Those are the ones that are driving the music industry. Yes. And it's the artists that are able to make them feel that way that are biting into a raw steak on stage and screaming and freaking doing these things where they are fully transcending the awkward, shy person that they might be. You're both being vulnerable. You're both being vulnerable. And as an artist, it is your job to initiate that transaction. Yes. Like it is your job on all fronts. And so that's what Tor taught me was like, this is not something that should only be applied to live performance. This should be in everything. This should be in your TikToks. You should be connecting with yourself through your content, at least in some way. You don't have to do it on every single video because that's a lot to ask. But there should be a version of you on the internet that connects with themselves so authentically that everyone looking looks at you and is like, wow, I wish I could do that. Or mm. wow, I want to know who that is. Mm. Wow, I want to listen to that song because maybe they'll say, you know, maybe they'll say something that unlocks that for me. Yeah. And it's I mean, the most mundane version of this feeling is the most interesting person at a party is the one that laughs the loudest because they're not thinking about how they're being perceived. Yeah. It's the person with the loud, obnoxious laugh they're that's just, just lost in it. Leaning all over, you know, their friends, not even drunk necessarily, just like being so exuberant. Yeah. And so unapologetically themselves that's the person everyone wants to go talk to. Right. But they're always like, do you think they're going to want to talk to me? Right. You know, you get a little right. shy around them. You're like, am I cool enough to talk to them? Like, 
the only reason you think that they're cool is because they're being themselves. And isn't that like, I think like, I always want to remind people like, it's okay. Be yourself. Like everybody loves it. But like, sometimes we need that reminder. Absolutely. And especially if you're in a city like LA and everyone around you is just being so damn cool. So cool. You can become so self-conscious about like just being your fucking self. hundred percent. Owning it. Yeah. And And I love the way you say it. I've never heard anyone be like, it's, it's the artist's job to initiate that transaction. It's your only job. That's amazing. Don't it doesn't even matter if you write a song it doesn't matter what you could fucking sit there on a stool like my professor did and yeah. do nothing you could not, you could not even sing me a song but if you made me feel that way you're an artist dude, dude. take the take the medallion take the yeah, that's take beautiful my job. you're right though that yeah. is it's like he just by sitting there he gave you permission to be yourself that's and it. later you discover he's like dude i was just hung over yeah. that doesn't matter it doesn't matter because that gave you permission 100 yeah fucking sick it's the most important thing that i learned there and so coming back here i realized that none of my content was dedicated to doing the thing that was so important to me growing up which was one assimilating which is not necessarily the best way to do it but all i wanted to do was make people feel comfortable around me growing up i don't know if that was me searching for like a certain sense of comfort in my own life in my own childhood in my own upbringing but no matter what i wanted people to like me and i found the best way to do that was to make them feel like they were cared about Mm -hmm. like they were being heard like they were being understood realizing that on tour and like playing a song in Colorado Springs or Denver or something, seeing a guy with biceps the size of my head and tattoos and stuff crying in the front row during a song was like, oh my, like I lost this part of myself. I lost the part of myself that wanted to make people feel this comfortable, you know? And music became about perception over all of last year. And it became about ripping people out of their chair as opposed to making them feel comfortable for sitting there. And and so, yeah, I, I came back, like my content, is was purely going towards people as opposed to being very internal and through just like our conversation you bring up my self-awareness just as a person i'm a very internal person i internalize a lot of things and for my music not to reflect that for my content not to reflect that was purely inauthentic wow but when you're a starving artist and you need to get people to pay attention to you what else are you supposed to do gotta do you You can't just sit there on a stool and be quiet everyone's yelling around you like no one's going to pay attention to you so i'm not mad at myself for making those choices because i think it was out of necessity once again though if you can do the authentic thing try it out Mm -hmm. give it a shot figure out who you think you are if it doesn't work all bets are off. Do what you got to do, baby. You know, right? I'm like a big fan of people fucking around until it works. Yeah, like I can never dog. shame somebody for going viral for something stupid because I'm like, I've been there, dude. Yeah, Yours might be a different version than mine, but I'm looking at your video now. So you did something right, you know? But it's like, I mean, like I could think about this, like uh, I'm a kind of bad example because I haven't full sent TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel a guilt to that almost of like, if you really believe in the thing, you like feel you should. guilt, man. That's so LA. It's uh, so LA to be like, oh, you're not on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> like, I guess what I mean is like, I think like if I were to ask the Andrew of like, you could say that whatever I'm putting out there is so authentic. Like I'm yeah. like, whatever, it's just me. Like I, I'm not trying to chase a trend, whatever, this is me. But it's like, cool. So for then four years, you're doing your authentic thing and it's not catching. I think that there is a world where if you'd be like, yo, dude, what would you prefer? Like follow these trends and get an audience of people that care about your thing mm. or sit right here with less of an audience. I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. Like, tell me the trend. Let's go do it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right, so yeah. Like, if you make it cut and dry. 
Yeah, like paper. if I could yes. distill it like that, right, as right. if there was a light switch or a choice, 100%. I'd choose that, sure. Sure. So it's like, I, I, I do, and I think that that's like a thing. I think people can be afraid of what success actually looks like, and they mm. cannot send and not commit and mm. not put themselves out there and follow trends or w- learn platforms, because sure. that's a sense of vulnerability. And it's an opportunity for rejection. Yes. It's that. And you know? I think that people can be afraid of that, so not do it, saying, oh no, I'm being authentic. I'm, I'm too good for that where it's like mm. yeah but are you afraid You're of what success might look like your lack of effort yeah you know? yeah and i think that that's there's a there's a balance to find there and that's why I'm, i love your story right now because it's like you did not have a lack of effort you followed and found a wave did mm. it but then had to realign your values Absolutely. and now have had the experience of both and i think that's a really wonderful spot to be at in life as an artist right now if i can shortcut anything for anybody it's that if you get any kind of attention doing a thing and mm. you don't and you don't use that energy and momentum to do what you want then it was a complete waste and that was what my entire last year lost sight of was like i did this initial thing i you know got people to look at me for a certain amount of time if i were now making my next project without the awareness that i created headroom for myself last time then it would be a complete disservice to what i did in the past like if i didn't embarrass myself on the internet by being somebody other than myself then i wouldn't have the opportunity to do something different now and if i don't take that opportunity then it's like i was a goofball for no reason wow like i was it's energy dispersed for no reason there's no absolutely yeah there's no funnel there's no focus it's if you get a hit song and you don't use all of the new fans that came from that hit song to show them the more specific personal stories about you i think of it like you get your foot in the door and if you don't use your foot to pry it open so that you can get your the rest of your body in then you're going to lose a foot dude like you need to use that opportunity to show the wider spectrum of who you are as a human otherwise that moment leaves you your foot is gone you know it's uh and and that's what this whole last year was is like i got my foot in the door what's the rest of me look like let's show them that and maybe I'm not going to get the rest of my body in this year because I'm hoping to have a long career. But you got an arm. Let's get the arm in. Yeah. Let's do, you know, let's show them something else. Let's yeah. do something different. If I don't, it's a complete waste. Right. You know. Wow. That's that's a really beautiful analogy. And like that, that's. I'm, I'm so glad. And whenever I do an analogy, I'm like, and it, and it like and matches it the visual in my head. I'm like, yes. yes, yes. I know. I do <laughs> like, the same thing. It's a, that's why songwriting is so fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man, that's really cool. So then. I guess like it's funny because it's like I I start to think of like to conclude and it's like this is just the beginning like my god like you're <laughs> right like there's gonna be so much more yeah like, holy uh, and I'll come fuck, back it's just getting started and yeah. I would love that and I'll come back yeah but I think you've done a really great job telling the story up until now right mm. like it's like I really felt like I was there with you in these chapters and in these moments and I really love that you got to experience tour it's funny like. I've got some years on you and my experience of tour and music yeah. was I'm not an artist. Right, right, right. My, yeah. So the first part of music that I experienced was What's this that? side of like going out on tour and seeing fans get lost mm-hmm. in it and seeing that it's okay to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, yeah. like the internet was this afterthought. afterthought. We didn't, Touring is technically on paper an incredibly inefficient way to grow. It's so dumb. Dude, it's so dumb. You have to put so much money into it. You gain like maybe 15 fans a show if you're, if you're fucking lucky. lucky, dude. It's so inefficient versus 
for free, you can post a video on the internet and get, you know, seemingly millions of people to love you. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing the other thing, if you're not going on tour and actually connecting with them, they forget you're a human. They think yep. you're a character on a screen. Yep. So they need each other so desperately. And yes. people are so focused on nurturing only one of the verticals being digital because yes. it's the new hot thing. Yep. Every cultural thing is practice in excess before it's, you know, eventually tapered back. It's the pendulum swinging. Beautifully said. But you practice this one vertical, you work it out until eventually like your your arms are way bigger than your legs. And it's like, dude, I need to go work out my legs because holy shit, I look, I look silly. Yeah. I look stupid. And I honestly, if I go walk up a hill right now, I'm going to fall down because right. I'm too weak. Yeah. You know? so and you watch that things. happen. You watch these TikTok yes. stars. They're top build. heavy, dude, and they fall over. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, they have numbers. And then they go out to do a tour and they haven't built an authentic fan base. They can't sell and they've got these crazy numbers. They can't sell shit out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, they write them off. Yeah. Oh, it was fake. Yeah. So it's like. No, it wasn't fake. Is that the, That's the fucked up thing too is society and the industry. There's so much vanity surrounding digital right now mm-hmm. that whenever an artist does really well on digital, it's not because they wanted to. No person on the fucking planet wants to like broadcast their life to the masses for poten- the potential rejection of that. The industry being like, where are your numbers? Where are your numbers? And then they go to sell a show and then they don't sell a show and the industry is like, well, I guess it was fake. It's like, no, you're the one that told me to do this. Like, oh my God. It wasn't because I wanted to. I didn't start putting my shit on TikTok because I was like, you know, praying for people to judge me in a comment section. Like, no, I was doing it because I felt like I had to, you know? And so it's shit. it's a weird cycle and, and that will always exist in some form. So it's like, you just need to find your reason for doing it mm-hmm. you know and if you can hold on to that for dear life then it's great there was a minute after record labels and after touring where i tried to start managing artists and because mm. it was like again it's like you want to give back to that community you yeah. want to bring that connection and ultimately what i learned was i was like cool i'm helping but i'm babysitting 10 dudes like it's it's making it's a such a small mark. job it's so ruthless management but, is crazy but i just didn't think it made big enough a big enough wave it was the way you were right. talking about aerospace it's yeah, like yeah, okay yeah, it's yeah. gonna take so, so long before long. it matters For sure. and ultimately that feeling to me it probably similar to you connecting with fans on the road all of this was i was like all of these messages all of the community all of the feeling of making people feel less alone and bringing them together and inspiring them to mm-hmm. do the thing that will make their mark that's what I wanted in management. 100%. And now in a podcast, I feel like I can share those same messages and it can go so much 100%. further. 100%. So it's like, I don't and know. And you there's... throw in some, you take out the kind of the potentially nasty politics of like mm-hmm. having to do deals and stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. like, it, it is. You're just sharing potent knowledge. connection. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. insane. I love podcasts because it's just a recorded conversation. That's just it. And if there's nothing else in my life, that I love more than music, it's a conversation. And it's also cool. Like I hope that like your fans learn something about you. Like it's like, it, it's sure. a longer, deeper dive to understand who these people are. And I, I hope that that translates as I, well. I mean, I do too. Everything I, everything I do, like I was saying in the beginning is I'm hoping providing an opportunity for people to learn about me mm-hmm. and showing them that I want to learn about them. You know, yeah. it's like this relationship is important. For this moment, what are you excited about? Where can people find you? Like, what is your current focus? What is mm-hmm. this version of you fresh off tour? What's your priority? Like, what's your your concluding thought? Mm. I'm in between eras. I'm in between chapters right now. That's a wildly uncomfortable thing, but it's also wildly comfortable. I feel like I'm a student again, back in college. I'm like, I just have a little bit of time. I'm not in a release schedule right now. I just dropped a song a week and a half ago. It's not going on a project. It's just there to exist. And it's there also to serve the purpose of being a bridge Mm. between my uh, first project and this next one, um, both narratively and sonically. 
the song is not begging you to listen to it. It's still, it's calm. It's darker. You can tell there's like a, something's different in the first five seconds. You're like, oh, this is not the usual thing we're used to. It's not the peppy kid from TikTok that, mm. you know, we thought was like Shawn Mendes. And that's exciting for me because I love whenever an artist does that. When I hear a song, I'm like, that doesn't sound like Arctic Monkeys. What is this? Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> yeah. where's the guitar riff at? It's like, yeah. there's not a single guitar in this song and that's exciting. And so right now I'm transitioning as a, as a human and my music is reflecting that. I'm, I'm trying to make content that even if it doesn't go viral, even if nobody sees it, I'm still happy with it. Mm. Before, if nobody saw my content, I was like, bury me in my grave right now because I mm. am mortified by mm. the fact that it's even on the internet. Mm-hmm. And now it's finding the version of myself that I want to have broadcasted and be happy with the outcome of it, whether or not anybody sees it. The next project, working on it right now. Um, first single will probably be the next couple months next okay. couple months will be yeah, the first so you're cooking. like it's still it's, it's all there. i'm cooking yeah. the songs are fully done F- songs are fully written wow we're producing them out right now nice. um i've expanded my team a little bit i have a creative director they're amazing cool and they call me on my bullshit they're like i don't believe you i don't cool. believe you there let's do something different and that's exciting for me i'm going to go on tour again this year sick um I want to do that every year for the rest of my life if possible. Yeah. If you come across me on socials, um, all of my handles are uh, by Hayden, B-Y, Hayden, H-A-I-D-E-N. Yeah. Everything that has my name on it is by me in some capacity. I touch it. It's gone through me and it is uh, an extension of who I am. If you come across me on socials, you will see a version of me that is more authentic than the person that was making that content six months ago. That's cool. And I'm hoping to continue that evolution for forever because I want to continue growing. That's really cool. That's uh, like, again, I didn't know fully what to expect, but now as we talk about this and as we conclude this, it's like, I'm so happy and like, what an honor to sit down with you right now. Like what a great chapter Uh, of your life. And like to hear that, you know, that's so cool. I'm so glad. Because it's one chapter has ended. You've mastered something yet. It's, so much still just the beginning yeah yeah i'm hoping if i if i feel like i did too well i'll stop Mm. everything is the beginning Mm. the end will feel like the beginning um which i'll probably have to work out in therapy at some point (laughs) because (laughs) i will be restless until the day i die yeah but it's uh yeah it's just the beginning and i hope people just stick around that's really cool dude thank you so much for doing this i appreciate it it's been a pleasure Got a new friend. Yeah, (laughs) where are all my friends at work? (laughs) 